The dead period is over. TCU is hosting a Utah DB that's in the transfer portal today. They've also put out some recent offers. We'll talk about who's on the board, who are the Frogs going after in the second window of the transfer portal. That's next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Best way to keep up with the show. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen in its audio form. Also, we're on YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's a great way to keep up with us. We put out YouTube videos multiple times a week. Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. And we're going to talk some more recruiting today. So TCU was very active in the first window of the transfer portal. They landed 14 players, got uh, some instant impact guys on the offensive line, Bless Harris from Florida State, Cade Bruno from Louisiana Tech, Remington Strickland from Texas A&M, Cade Bennett from San Diego State, Howard Sampson from North Texas, a young wide receiver in Braylon James, a much more experienced wide receiver, and Eric McAllister, Braylon James, wide receiver from Notre Dame, was originally from Round Rock Stony Point, played with Cam Cook, running back now at TCU, Eric McAllister from Azel, so another local player. It's pretty clear what TCU's strategy is in the portal, and I think it's a good one. Now, they've branched out a little bit more this this offseason. You saw it a lot last offseason, too. There's a ton of talent in the DFW Metroplex. Now, hopefully, in an ideal world, you'd land those guys out of high school, but in the case that you don't, whether it be DFW or just state of Texas in general, Okay, so you went to maybe you went to a G5 school like Eric McAllister and you showed out. Now you want to play in a bigger market, bigger place. Or Braylon James, go to a blue blood. And we saw this last season with JoJo Earl and Tommy Brockermeyer. You go to blue blood school X and it doesn't work out for whatever reason. You can just come home and you can be closer to your family, hopefully get some more playing time and go from there. Now, this second window of the portal. I think we're going to see exactly what the staff thinks about where they are as a roster and what the most important positions to fill are. We've talked about quarterback. I think they're going to get one. Probably not going to be someone who's going to make a lot of headlines. I'll discuss a QB at the transfer portal yesterday that does have some ties to TCU. And secondary has kind of become a place where they have to get some more depth at least. At the very least, they have to get more depth. They've had a number of safeties transfer out. With the holidays, I can't remember if I talked about each and every one of these guys because some, some guys transferred later. Javion Wilcox hit the portal. Lake Belton safety. He was a true freshman this past year. Didn't play. I don't know. If, he wasn't healthy. I don't know if he was healthy, if he would have played. He was a three-star player coming out of high school. Known as a guy who was a thumper, could lay the wood, seemed like a good fit in Joe Gillespie's scheme. He ends up moving on. So he's moved on. Redon Fontenet moved on the young talented safety uh, from Freeport and he's at Vandy now. Not sure where where Wilcox will go next. They're losing some guys to graduation. You also lost uh, Chance Biddle who played sparingly in the two years he was at TCU, but at safety and at corner, 
you're going to need some help. So who are some of the players that TCU is targeting and looking at as we enter the second window of the portal? And we'll start with someone who's actually on an official visit today. And this is according to Jeremy Clark from 247 Sports, Hornfrog Blitz at the website. Travis Broughton, a four-year starter at corner for the Utah Utes, played under Kyle Whittingham, dealt with some injuries in 2021, but was a starter in 2020, was honorable mention all Pac-12. That was a COVID-shortened season. Had an injury-shortened season in 2021. 2022 and 2023 was kind of in and out of the lineup, but played a lot. Overall, made 29 starts in 46 games for the Utes. He's 5'11", 190. He brings experience to the cornerback position. Um, and, I mean, he put up numbers each and every year. Now, he wasn't someone who was exactly known for his ball skills as far as turning people over. He only had one interception so far in his career. But his stats overall, um, 92 tackles, 126 total tackles in four seasons. This past season, 37 uh, total tackles, 27 solo tackles. Two pass breakups, no picks. Had nine pass up, nine pass breakups over his career in 2020. The year that he was honorable mention, Pac-12 had four pass breakups. So it has been known to be on the ball. Um, has a lot of experience. Has played a ton. I mean, it, it's simple, but if he can play for Kyle Whittingham, I think he can play for for us. Like Kyle is is just known for having great defenses. Utah has establish themselves, and they're going to be in the Big 12 next year. Uh, TCU will play them as a tough, physical football team. Um, I said this a few weeks back when I was talking about Utah joining the league and the new schedule and who the Frogs will be playing. Utah feels like like if the Gary Patterson era continued and continued to be successful, it feels like Utah would be the type of team that TCU has. Like, okay on offense – passable on offense, but really where they make it happen is with a tough physical defense. Even this year with Cam rising out for the entire season, I mean, they made things happen. Now, they weren't Pac-12 champions like they had been the past two previous seasons. Pac-12 was really good, though, this year. I mean, Washington's going to play for a national title. Oregon was fantastic. Um, I don't have to go down the list. You guys know they're they're good conference. Oregon State was good. But Utah played well, um, and – they, you know, they were right there in the mix towards the end of the season. And this brings somebody in that should be able to pick up the defense quickly with Andy Avalos and a new scheme, and you would think could play right away. Um, corner is going to be a different position this year. There's going to be a lot more pressure on these corners because there's going to be an emphasis on bringing pressure, you know, trying to make the quarterback uncomfortable, trying to make plays. So your corners are going to be really good in coverage. And it, it feels like Travis Broughton is a player that could come in and just right away take over at one of those corner spots. You're losing Josh Newton. And they also lost some guys to the portal, um, like Ish Burdine, who played sparingly because he was injured. But when Ish was healthy, he was pretty solid. Avery Helm will be coming back, though. Uh, Vernon Glover is a young player that will be back. Channing Canada, the transfer from the JUCO ranks this past season. I think he'll be in a more expanded role. Now, the one thing that's interesting about Broughton is, I mean, he's 5'11", so it's not like he's far off, but he's not exactly your prototypical, like, six-foot and oversize um, that they've had in the past, but that was under Gillespie, so I don't know. I mean, I think everyone is looking for long-rangey corners. I don't know what the priority 
from a measurable standpoint, it is for Avalos. But bottom line is, like, he's a four-year starter at a good school in the Pac-12 that's known for playing defense. So I like the idea of bringing him in for an official visit. And TCU did a really good job in this first window of, I mean, these transfers, they want to make these decisions quickly, right? Like, I'm not sure what his situation is exactly, but I would imagine he's a graduate transfer who could be ready to play in the spring. But you you want to get, you know, locked onto your school and start the process of getting integrated doing a program. So the Frogs did a great job of finding guys that could do that uh, and just getting them in the building and that being like their first visit and getting a commitment and not having them move on somewhere else. Um, so a lot of those transfers that you saw was like TCU was their first official visit. Frogs got it done. They got them committed, and that was the end of the process. I would imagine Broughton being from Tulsa. He's from Tulsa originally, so maybe there'll be some interest from Oklahoma State. I don't know what his offer list is going to look like. But, again, a lot of experience and someone you think could come in and play right away. Some other DBs that the Frogs have offered over the last few days. Uh, DJ Douglas, corner from Tulane. Now, DJ's got a number of offers. He took an official visit to NC State. I saw he had an offer from Florida, and he's also going to take an official visit there, I believe, today. So not sure how competitive they'll be in that mix, but he's a corner who's played at Tulane for the past few seasons. Had a big year in 2023, two interceptions, a number of pass breakups, a lot of tackles. I think it'd be a great pickup. Again, he's getting heavy interest, though, from a lot of different schools. So not sure what his priority is going to be and where TCU will fall in the mix. Did take that official visit to NC State and will be visiting Florida as well. Miles Rouser, a safety from New Mexico State. Maybe Jerry Kill can help out the frogs here. Jerry Kill had a great run for the New Mexico State Aggies. I did not expect that. But he turned that program around. They beat Auburn earlier this year. He's actually retiring, so he's moving on. But he was there for two seasons, got them to a couple bowl games, and completely turned that program around. He had 70 tackles and one pick in 2023. Uh, great size, 6'1", 195. So, I mean, he seems to fit the prototypical like hybrid safety role that would thrive in this new wave of the 3-3-5 defense that the Frogs are bringing to the table. And he had offers from Illinois, UConn, Arizona State, Oregon State. Not sure what he's going to end up doing as far as visits visits go. He also played at Campbell. So he was at Campbell, and then he came to New Mexico State, had a really good season there. And then I guess with the coaching change, he's now available to go transfer again. But the Frogs have offered him um, as well. And then Talik Allen. And the, the thing that intrigues me about Talik on his uh, social media pages, he lists himself as a hybrid DB. So he can play safety, linebacker, and he's at 6'1", 200 pounds. He had 51 tackles and interception this season for the Hilltoppers. Um, and another guy that just seems to have great size and the ability to have some position flex. So can play in the box, but could also play as someone who can cover wide receivers um, excited to see, you know, his recruitment play out. And not a huge offer list from him as far as what I can tell from social media, but um, had a really productive season at Western Kentucky. So we'll see if the Frogs can get him in, in on a visit as well. When we come back, a quarterback hit the portal yesterday that a number of people have been asking me about. We'll talk about that next year on Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. If you own a small business, you know that hiring people – 
is the most important part of your process and your job in a lot of ways. LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College, they'll make it easy for you. LinkedIn is the leader when it comes to finding talent for your business. The start of, at the start of the new year, every business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the move I can make to take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn jobs know that knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why they've created tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have so many quality candidates. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So you're not going to waste your time. Within 24 hours, 86% of small businesses have quality candidates that they can interview and start talking to. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, you might not have the time or resources to hire. So use LinkedIn, have them make the job easier for you. You don't have a ton of extra time on your hands. Take some of the pressure off with LinkedIn jobs. Uh, it's a process that's quick, intuitive, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, as always, do apply. LinkedIn jobs. It's a place to go if you need to hire for your small business. Make that choice today. So I don't know how many of you have been following the Liberty Flames this season, but they uh, they went undefeated in the regular season. They won Conference USA. They got destroyed by Oregon in their bowl game, which was largely expected. Oregon didn't have a lot of guys opt out. Liberty had played basically a completely group of five schedule up to that point. But their quarterback, Caden Salter, had not seen a year. If you recognize that name, Caden's originally from Cedar uh, Cedar Hill. So he's a local kid, DFW kid. He committed to Tennessee and then got dismissed from the team there, ended up at Liberty. This past year, though, 2,876 yards, 32 touchdowns, six interceptions, a QBR of 83.7. Really impressive player. I mean, I think he could start at a lot of Power 5 schools. He hit the portal yesterday. So there were a lot of people that mentioned this, one, because of his local connection to the Metroplex and to the state of Texas. But then secondly, Kylan Salter, his brother, is a linebacker currently at TCU. So there's some family ties there as well. So a couple of folks reached out to me. I was like, hey, do you think TCU will have any interest? I imagine they're going to reach out and just see what he's thinking, say, hey, you know, we, we'd love to talk to you more. My guess is Caden is going to have some great opportunities, and he's probably looking into play, he's probably looking for a place at the Power 5 level where he could start right away. So I don't think TCU's going to be at the top of this list because of Josh Hoover coming back and that situation. And Haas Haney will be coming in the building as well. Uh, I, I mean, I think Caden Zalter would be an outstanding pickup if they could land him. But I just feel like the direction TCU's going with quarterback, they're not spending their resources both monetarily and time trying to land a starter. So that's what Caden Salter wants to be. I mean, they're trying to land someone who could be depth in this quarterback room and – you know, potentially somebody that they could have a quarterback battle in name, but I don't really feel like it's going to be a, a total battle. The, the names that have been thrown out there. Ken Seals is going to come on a visit in January, according to Jeremy Clark from 247 Sports. Also, I saw they gave an offer to Chuba Purdy, who uh, has played in Nebraska the last few seasons, is Brock Purdy's brother. Man, how about Brock Purdy? 
Uh, when he was at Iowa State, I knew he was a good player. Never really thought he'd be getting NFL MVP type of hype, but he landed in a fantastic situation in San Francisco. And to his credit, he's taken advantage of it, and he's gotten the job done. He's made the plays that he has to make. Again, I know like a lot of you don't agree with it, or there's a number of you that maybe want to see a, a real deal starting caliber level QB come into this room. I just don't think that's the direction they're going to go. But we'll see. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I think the conversation will be pretty short with Caden Salter, though. Again, I know he's got ties there. DFW kid, his brother's on the team. I think it's worth exploring. It's worth looking into. Um, at the same time, I just imagine he's going to be somebody that his number one priority is where can I get playing time? Because he's starting at Liberty. Now, where could that be? I'm not totally sure. I know Hugh Freeze at Auburn is, is very familiar with him because he recruited him to Liberty. That was his previous stop. So that seems like a place where he could land. But all in all, I just don't really see a scenario where he ends up there. I think it's – at TCU, I mean, not Auburn. I don't think there's a situation where Caden Salter ends up at TCU. Unless, and you know, unless they've been just waiting specifically for him or a player like him to hit the portal – They've had their opportunities to kind of kick the tires on QBs that could play and, and be contributors right away, and they haven't done that, honestly. Another interesting note I saw, I know this is not necessarily TCU-related, but I just saw this today and I was like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, Will Howard is going to visit Ohio State this week. And, you know, Ohio State had Cal McCord. He ends up going into the portal. I don't think he's found a landing spot yet. They had their backup QB in there against Mizzou. That didn't go well. I like Will Howard a lot. I'm just shocked that that could be his final landing spot would be Ohio State because it just feels like he's kind of limited as a passer and they just let a guy go who had those same issues. The whole thing they're trying to get to is beat Michigan. That was just a random random recruiting note that I saw that was like, oh, oh wow, okay. Ohio State's looking for the guy that's getting replaced by Avery Johnson. That's kind of surprising. But uh, Caden Salter, TCU, I don't think it's going to happen. We'll see, though. We'll see how that process plays out. And I mean, he does have family ties to the school and local ties here. So maybe that's enough to at least get him to consider the Frogs, even though I think he's going to want a place where, I mean, he's just had the chance to be a starter. That's that's what a lot of these guys are looking for. And K.J. Jefferson ended up at UCF. He did officially end up there. So um, he'll be in the Big 12. And, yeah, I mean, I guess even though it would make sense for him to reunite with Kendall Bryles, there wasn't a lot of uh, conversation there. When we come back, I read an interesting article in The Athletic today about the top recruits at the Under Armour All-American game. They talked anonymously and were pretty candid in some of their answers. So we'll talk about that next year in Lockdown. Horn Frogs, your team every day. So I, uh, I'm i kind of a morning routine. Like I get to work and I poke around and I just start reading sports articles during the during the morning trying to find out, you know, catch up on different things, especially college football related. And so I saw this uh, great piece from Manny Navarro and Grace Rayner, who both work at The Athletic. The Under Armour All-American game uh, is going on, or practice is going on this week. The game will be Saturday. Hoss Haney is there, incoming TCU freshman quarterback from Alito. So he'll be getting to practice some of the best players in the country and then playing that game on Saturday afternoon. But uh, Navarro and Rayner, they cover – Recruiting for the athletic, that's their beat. So they're just national recruiting reporters. And they were talking to these guys anonymously about a lot of different things. Um, you know, hey, what kind of NIL deals were you getting offered? 
who were some of the nicest coaches, who were some of the most arrogant coaches that you encountered. And I found it intriguing because, I mean, we talk a lot about recruiting on the show and NIL. And NIL is one of those things that it's fascinating to me because there's still not a ton of information out there specifically about what these guys are making. And so people will just kind of make these grand proclamations sometimes like, man, TCU so behind in NIL or no, we're actually, you know, right there with everybody else. But nobody honestly knows because it's just hard to tell, like, who's making what, what type of resources you have to have to land some of the top players in the country. But I wanted to point this out because this is, I mean, this is probably as close to um, honest as, and candid as you're going to get these guys anonymously at this pra- at these practices talking about, you know, their different opportunities. The question was, did you sign with a school that offered you the best NIL deal? If not, how much did you leave on the table to sign with where you ultimately decided to go? Uh, recruit number one, and again, no names here. It wasn't a big difference for me in terms of the total package. All schools offered about 300000 to 400000 per year with the ability to earn more. So if you're wondering, what is a top recruit making in the country in 2024? Three hundred to four hundred thousand per year is what these guys are getting offered out of high school. So donate to the Flying Tea Club today. It's crazy to me because that's—I mean—that's like life-changing money in some ways. But it's not just that; it's the idea of what types of players you're offering that kind of cash to. Because I could justify—I don't know the exact numbers, but I know like Texas—they went heavy on O-line play. Like they were offering $100,000 a year allegedly to offensive linemen trying to get better up front, right? And I think if you're trying to build your team from the inside out, that makes a ton of sense. So you pay those offensive and defensive linemen. I think you pay a quarterback a lot of money because, I mean, we all know that's the most important position in football. But like receivers, running backs, are they getting that kind of cash? Because it's just kind of wild to me, like some of the skill guys making that type of money but, I mean, it's, it's happened. Like, it's out there. Another anonymous recruit said that they left some money on the table, but the way some schools do it differently. So they offer, you know, that type of cash, but then they also offer a signing bonus. And usually the signing bonus is like a new car that you can have. And so, I mean, that's just the new world we're living in. Another one said that they had an agent that handled that all for them. So, you know, when they got offered by a school, you get a call from the coach, you get a call from the position coach, and then you get a call from the person that's running the collective, the money person, the bag man, essentially. And they'll tell you like, hey, this is what you can make here. This is what we can uh, – this is the type of resources we can offer. That's the kind of money these guys are getting offered. So that's what TCU is competing with when we're talking about NIL from the high school level. Now we've heard, and, and I don't know, I, again, things we can't really confirm, but I think based on what TCU's done in the portal, this kind of makes sense. We've heard that Sonny Dyke's perspective on this is he feels more comfortable offering NIL money to guys in the portal who have kind of proven that they can play at the college football level and then also uh, focusing on player retention. So when players have big seasons, hey, don't leave. Like We'll take care of you. You're good here. You can thrive here. You know, here's here's some cash. Here's some incentives to stick around, um, and they're not necessarily throwing tons of money 
at 18 year olds coming out of high school. But I mean, the, the top programs are, and they're landing the top talent. So it, it remains to be seen how that strategy is going to play out. That's just fascinating to me. It was, it was funny to see like an actual number be put on this. And I'll tell you something too, like for all the talk about like, and I get it. Everybody thinks their generation is the best. And I can kind of fall into old man yelling at cloud uh, mode too. But for all the talk about how these kids today are soft and can't handle pressure, like I get that. But also this is a ton of pressure these kids are enduring. It's also a huge blessing. Like, don't get me wrong. That's life-changing money for you and your family. But they were also discussing like the media aspect of it. You know, when they get an offer, or when they would take a visit, they're getting 15 to 20 calls a day. And they're having to do all these interviews, talk about these different schools. Uh, it's just a crazy way to live. And I understand totally now why these guys get so burnt out on recruiting. Another thing I wanted to point out from this article, though, one of the other questions was nicest coaches that you met that you didn't sign with. And one player mentioned Sonny Dykes. He said Sonny Dykes was a real down-to-earth, family-oriented guy, liked the vibe. He also talked about Jim Harbaugh being kind of the same way. But Sonny's making a good impression, which is nice to see. I mean, it's one recruit, but still, I think it means something. And, I mean, we kind of saw this with Braylon James this offseason. It's, it's not necessarily the perspective you want to focus on all the time. But if you can't land these guys out of high school, build good relationships so that if, if and when they do hit the portal, you're there, you're available, and they have a good memory of, you know, having good conversations with you and that TCU might be the second destination if it comes to that. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, TCU men's basketball tonight. They're taking on Baylor in Waco. Huge game. Frogs ranked 23rd in the country. Baylor's ranked 6th. So good opportunity for them to uh, try to get it done. We'll talk basketball and more tomorrow. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day.